good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age Podcast. This is your host, C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I am speaking to you from very, very hot uh, Southern California. Hi, this is Stephen G. Fullwood. I'm the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project. I'm coming to you from Harlem, and it's hot here, but it's still kind of nice, still bearable. Hi, I'm Seth Rodney. I am an editor at Hyperallergic and an author of the book, The Personalization of the Museum Visit. And I'm speaking to you from the South Bronx, where, you know, it's not bad today. I can deal with this. Um, This is to remind our listeners that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, which is giving each other the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. Um, And two episodes back, we uh, were talking about aesthetics, and we will return to that topic soonish. But um, we did want to continue our conversation just uh, sort of about the events on the ground right now uh, around racism, around the protests, George Floyd, uh, Trump's response to it, and and sort of just take the conversation in a few different places. Uh, This morning before the podcast, before we got started, we decided just kind of – chatting about what was going on and i had mentioned that one of the the top stories on you know things like fox and and those kind of outlets because i do still try to follow those news outlets to see what they're reporting what they're talking about um and it's you know it's seattle and in the pending takeover of seattle by antifa and you know even though i know uh that i read that none of the doj's prosecutions or investigations at this point have found significant antifa activity uh even though arrest uh records are not reflecting this kind of antifa activity Mm um so anyway so seth steven you know we don't have to talk about seattle but it just (laughs) It was, you know, it was just a, a way in to, to talk about all the madness that's out there right now. So, Well, can I jump in and say that what it seems like to me, that, and I read this morning over breakfast this a report in USA Today, and what struck me about the way they reported it was two things. Um, they talked about sort of what the uh, precipitating events were uh, that created the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. Basically, it was a standoff between police and protesters, mm. and the police took a step back, and the pro- protesters apparently kind of made remade this, f- I think it was four-block zone into a I'm kind sorry, of hate... Yeah, it's a kind of into a kind of hate Ashbury, right? Like they're planting gardens, they're like giving out snacks, they're they're, mm-hmm. they're talking to each other about um, what this movement needs to be and look like. And USA Today, which is, I, I would reckon, is about centrist kind of news outlet, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, kind of, kind of. It's like the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups uh, yeah, news outlets. Yeah, fairly yeah. inoffensive to any, <laughs> yeah. any, anybody, yeah. right? Yeah. And on the political <laughs> spectrum. But what they did was after they made the report, uh, not after, but um, further down, there's a question, are businesses being threatened? And the answer comes back, no. And then the <laughs> police return to the area. So there's a way in which there's a kind of reflexive, um, or I should say reflex. There's a reflex to, to, to lay out what's happening, to talk mm-hmm. about the creation of this autonomous zone and what's actually happening there. And then to ask the important, what I think for them are important questions, which is, are businesses thriving? 
and woke police come back. So there's mm-hmm. a way in which it's already being reported like, okay, so this is this weird little hippie anomaly. You know, yeah. people are going to have their mm-hmm. little time doing their little snacky thing and talking about the revolution. But like, <laughs> come on, folks, like, is business happening? And business is fine. Business loves it. But I don't like the fact that the way that this is being reported is in that kind of, here's all the, here's all the, 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 the what's happening mm-hmm. um, on the ground. But the bottom line is business and police. Yeah. That, that doesn't bode well. Well, and so what I like about what you just said was this this idea of reporting on it, right? So yesterday I was um, in a conversation with a few um, archivists at the Cooper Hewitt um, Cooper Hewitt Design Museum. They have a mm-hmm. um, a program, uh, an exhibition called Willie Smith, and Willie Smith was an African American gay designer who had a lot of influence on subsequent design. But he died, no archive. And virtually nobody knows about him. So a part of what they were doing was sort of gathering information about him through people who knew him, uh, resources here and there and so forth. And so we came on to talk about storytelling and why it's important. I think that right now, because we're in it and that we have official news outlets and we have non-official news outlets, that it's really important for us to think about storytelling. Because Mm -hmm. what I love about this this idea of the official story versus the uh, marginalized stories, it's starting to, the line is starting to dissolve a bit. You know, mm. you see more, social media makes has made a complete difference in the way that people are organizing. So this mm-hmm. is not the civil rights movement. This is not black power. This is not black arts. This is a very different thing. So people mm. are starting to, for example, you'll see the, the picture of the cops kneeling, right? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm, so it mm-hmm. gives you the impression and it's cast as, hey, they're with the protesters. And then the protesters would be like, this is what they did right after they took that Yeah, that's photograph. a lie, by the way. Right, of course it is. But see, but I mean, it's a, but that's what I like it's about a mystery, it. It's a, it's a, you like the lie? I mean, no, no, no. I like it that it's exposed uh, as a lie, that the people are there saying, no, this is what they did to us. No, after. I'm saying, but... No, no, I'm saying the social media is, that's a lie. That, that's actually not what happened in those situations. I got in this, I got in this uh, mm-hmm. argument with my, not, not like argument, but we were, mm-hmm. so, I mean, so this is a, 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 couple of, a couple of responses, but I, I want to chase this one down first. Mm-hmm. So if you just, so I, I heard that story, right? So right. police were kneeling, immediately 10 minutes later, they got up, they charged the line. Right. If you pause for just a second and think about that. Mm-hmm. It is an absolutely implausible story. Mm. So the police response is well wait, wait, I I'm going to I'm going mm-hmm. to oh, no, I'm listening. I'm excited. I, I, I'm, I'm going to toss some facts in in a second. Okay. But the police are so coordinated the, the police that get regularly caught on cr- camera like stepping out of line, abusing people, lounging in a congressman's office. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys saw this in Chicago. I saw this, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so the, the, very, the very body of, of incompetence and conspicuous abuse mm-hmm. is so coordinated that they can, they can effectively stage a photo op and then immediately charge protesters and dismantle them when the cameraman disappears. It's such it's mm, such an Im- it's such an implausible mm. and I and honestly I would say 
naive. I'm, I've been trying to take your advice even on the podcast and just be a little bit more direct and forceful. I oh, find it naive mm-hmm. to think that that it's a naive view of the world and it's a naive view, view of the police. So someone sent me this bu- BuzzFeed bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I I clicked, I followed those Twitter links. Uh-huh. They're seven to eight hours apart in different and? parts of the city. So we're talking about so New Orleans not, or Houston? Or, Which ones are we talking about here? The, so mm-hmm. uh, San Francisco and New York were the okay. two that, that that I tracked down. But I, I'm gonna okay. I, I'm gonna say that so it's not that now if you want to make an argument that there isn't a lot of resolve for for peaceful cooperation if you can only make it seven or eight hours. Like, okay, all right. So that's an argument to have. Mm-hmm. But it's just not true. I mean, it's such a cynical well, like view of the world to think that like the police like before they're getting they're getting the, okay so like we're gonna kneel for like five minutes right and then we're gonna and then charlie you're gonna charge the guys right that's what we're gonna do like I, that's just not how it happens this is very helpful so my friend um in houston carla her sister was corralled by the police very shortly after the mayor is out talking with people and hugging on people and this is a peaceful protest so no one's doing anything she ended up being arrested. And so the idea that, so I hear what you're saying about the actual event and the eight hours or how many hours between that moment. But for the folks in Houston at that particular, um, uh, that particular protest, it was almost virtually, here's the mayor doing all this stuff to look good as if he's sympathizing with, the, with them. And then all these people going to jail and spending a night in jail. There is so, some, cor- uh, not correlation, but there is... I hear what you're saying because I don't want to be duped by that kind of thing. But there are moments where we are being fooled about what the police are up to and how it's being reported. And so the the Houston story is one and and also New Orleans is another, I believe. But now I want to just track them down a little bit more to see, you know, where it lands. Yeah, please do, actually. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not that I, you know, I, it's not that I, I don't reflexively trust the cops. I mean, we were talking about that. We've talked about this before. The, the They definitely lie. Like the Breonna, uh, I'm sorry, please remind me of. Breonna Taylor. Taylor. Breonna. Ta- Breonna, Breonna Taylor. Bre- thank you. Mm-hmm. Breonna Taylor. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So the, the police report got released and it was like half a page long. It was just, it was nonsense. We knocked. No, you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, that's that's it, right. right. Yeah. It's pretty. Yeah. That's right. Of course it was bullshit. Of course mm-hmm. they lie. I'm not, mm-hmm. that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that the mm-hmm. level of, of like coordination that, that is being suggested mm-hmm, on, mm-hmm. on social media and, and the level of, just conniving uh-huh. that is required on scale is just not my experience of human beings in general, mm-hmm. let alone the police. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, wow, I, this is oh, no, really helpful yeah, so. <laughs> because then, so what it is, it's not, it doesn't discount the police and their, um, their sometimes their treachery, but this doesn't help. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. That kind of yes, yes, manufactured yes. moment. Okay, okay. Yes, I agree because with that. so I agree with that. so here's the thing. Like I feel like, and this is where you know, Seth, you were talking about the 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 Seattle thing. It doesn't bother me, but I don't think it helps that much. I don't think it hurts because the pre- precisely mm. the problem that we have in 21st century America is that we have not figured out a way to integrate black and brown bodies into everyday interactivity which is commerce and policing. 
right? It's being pulled over by the cops. It's running red lights. It's being late to work. It's <laughs> it's going up. It's being one of six applications in yeah. like so. You know the fact that you even have to th- consider that right. it might be because you're black. Like, right. and, it, and and here's the thing: right. it might be like that right. that that is the fucked up part. And so right. the, this the four block radius in Seattle where they're selling six dollar hot dogs and reading bad poetry isn't gonna help Marks. you <laughs> right, right. Isn't gonna help you be considered fairly for an apartment whether you were or weren't, right? Because you don't right. know, I don't right. know. But right. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's not crazy that you would think it might be. Like no, that's not at all. that's yeah. the problem. And that's right. the really, really, really hard part. Right. That's the hard part. Right. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And I and right. I mm-hmm. would I would venture to say that what's great about the protests is that it is forcing us to make ra- come to rather stark realizations. One being that just in a very very basic way, Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. and 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 I think the the next sort of rational step would be to say, okay. Black Lives Matter, how can we make it so that black lives, as you've said, Travis, are integrated into every facet of society so seamlessly that there will no longer be these narratives of driving while black, lounging mm-hmm. while black, barbecuing mm-hmm. while black, swimming sleeping while black, while sleeping black. while sleeping, black, studying, right. bird watching. Right, right. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just continue, continue right, to go right, on, right. right. But right, I would right, say right. with that integration note, very briefly, is like we mm-hmm. are integrated into the society. It's the it's the kind of integration that we're talking about here. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I right. know that you know that, but I just want to tweak that just a yes. little bit because I think yes, it's good. necessary because I think that Agreed. the body politic feeds mm-hmm. a particular kind of narrative around like it. I used to love watching shows because I'd watch shows in the 90s or 80s, whatever, and then behind there would be the black waiter or the black couple behind, but there were always sort of mm. background. That's a form yes. of integration. To me, that yeah, is a form right. of integration. So I want right. to, I want to up that a bit. You know, it's like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely <laughs> right. No, no, that's not enough. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what I do now reflexively since, and I think this started in college when I really started to, I guess, have my consciousness be desensitized to mm. these issues of race and power and integration. Is I, I look at advertisements with people in them, and I always look to see where the people of color mm. are. Mm. And one of the things I noticed, um, this is probably, I mean, this, the, the, the timelines are approximate. But maybe 10 years ago, I noticed that uh, people of color would be in advertisements a lot more than, say, mm. 20 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, yeah. you, you typically did see the black couple, the um, Latino couple, Latina, Latina um, couple, but now what I'm noticing is that you often, not often, but in it switched a little bit in that sometimes <laughs> the black person is actually at the center of the composition mm-hmm. or at the top of the composition or there's mm-hmm. just black people alone. Like I saw mm-hmm. some ad for some. Yeah, that's pretty new. That's, I mean, pretty, that's, new. Re- that's, that's re- pretty new. Right. So it was yeah. like for Dove or something, but it wasn't one of those Dove like, oh, we're campaigning and wink, wink. We want to let you know that we are on your side kind of campaigns. It was like mm. a regular bus ad or something or a subway mm-hmm. ad or, or maybe it wasn't even Dove. It was something for like some allergy medicine or something, but it was just a black couple and their child. That's it. And which is for me, like, 
and you know, and it's unfortunate, but that the 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 sort of the sort of measure, right? The sort of metric by which we make judgments about the degree to which black lives are, are taken to being sort of American lives. Mm-hmm. The metric mm-hmm. is business, right? The metric is like how businesses yeah. talk about our bodies. Like that's mm-hmm. absolutely kind of frustrating and amazing at the same and not amazing, but frustrating and something else. I don't know what the word is. But I've noticed that shift. It is starting to happen in at mm-hmm. least in advertising. So mm-hmm. I would add to that or ask you, where were you when, where are you when you see these ads? Like what neighborhoods you are in? When you say right. it's on the bus, where right. is it going? Right. Right. Because right. advertisement is most effective when you are advertising your target. It's targeting a particular Absolutely. audience. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I'll add sure. this to that because for what sure. I've noticed more, and I was waiting for both either you or Travis to say this, is that I'm seeing a lot more mixed race couples. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, I started take, and I started taking pictures of it because I'm like, where am I? Okay, I'm at NYU. Okay, click. Okay, I'm in Harlem. <laughs> click. And then I think about it and I go, well, uh, who's in my neighborhood? Okay, I see right. these race couples. I see, right. I see this and I go, okay. And I've seen a lot of it, like in Cheerios ads where there's no discussion yes. about race. Yes. There's just a black woman and a white man or a black man and a white woman. You know, right. the classic, what I call the classic model. But right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, God, we got to do a show on that. Um, and so, <laughs> but I think about whose dollars, like I think about dollars, I think about spending, mm. I think about upward mobility. You know, I mm. think all these things, and, and I love thinking about them because so I can't think of the name of the, the, the collection at the Schomburg, but around the 19... Late 1960s, early 70s, there was a advertising agency and a group of people that got together and decided they were going to produce a bunch of ads and give give what do you call it? Give um, advertising companies here are some of the images you can use of black people when you're targeting, right? So it was mm-hmm. like a, this bum mm-hmm. rush of, and they started giving out awards to two different advertising agencies and two businesses that were actually targeting black people, and you can look in Jet. More, more, more or less Ebony and some of the other larger magazines mm-hmm. at that time, and you can kind of trace it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm excited about learning more about why it is, mm-hmm. you know. But you're right; mm-hmm. it's a business metric, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And you it, know, but does that mean oh, sorry, progress? No, no, please, please. That's all I have to say there. Yeah. So, progress, you know, progress of a kind, right? Yeah, progress I of think a kind. it does. Mm-hmm. And we've we've tussled about this before, and I definitely I understand. Your some of your skepticism on that front. Arms Steve. folded. It's, arms yeah. folded. I will wait and see. Kente cloth. No. <laughs> the end. Yeah. Oh, we got to talk about the Kente cloth thing. Oh my god. Do we have to talk about the Kente cloth thing? Steve I think we with do. A drink in his hand. I know. I'm just saying. Sure. <laughs> the, so I I had an I had an experience, an incredibly mundane experience uh, for. Uh, a business owner that I thought was uh, illustrative of of how intractable the problem is and how much I feel like I want the conversation to pivot in the country, even though I'm mm-hmm. like I'm thrilled that NASCAR isn't going to display the Confederate flag. Amen. Like, Amen. like all of those things are great because I think you know it, it takes a while for d- the dismantling of symbols to percolate through a culture, mm-hmm. but right. the, the effects of it to percolate. But I think that's a good development. Mm-hmm. But I was doing um, ADP uh, provides human resource services for small and medium sized businesses in the United States. So mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times, small businesses will use ADP to 
process their payroll, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, do mm-hmm. basic human resources activity, and it allows you to mimic some of the advantages that a big company can offer to its employees. So mm-hmm. we use ADP, and we're getting ready to. I, I wanted to. We have we provide health insurance for our employees, but I wanted to improve the options for obvious reasons. Um, mm-hmm. So um, I contacted ADP, and and I, anyway, I had this webinar yesterday. And on their advanced payroll platform, there is a tool, a demographic tool, that allows you to see if you um, have payroll parity mm-hmm. between a variety of demographic groups, including blacks, whites, women, etc. And this is in mm-hmm. the demo software. So ADP is about as like sort of softball pitch, middle of the road mm-hmm, mm-hmm. business as you can imagine. They're a good company. They want to, they want to help, but they're, you know, like they're, they're not out on the cutting edge. You know, they're right. not going to do a Nike ad with some, you know, with, right. uh, <laughs> with the controversial athlete or something right, like right, that. Right, so, right, no. so this is, and built into this software is the presu- so someone had to code this someone had to plan it mm-hmm. you had a whole mm-hmm. army of engineers you had to have customers that wanted it the presumption of this software is that we want there to be pay equity right yeah mm-hmm. and that yes. you may and that you may not notice that you are not giving people pay equity mm-hmm. for a variety of factors right so that's where we're at as a country right. like at that level of of trying to acknowledge mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. like the effects of of inequality, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not a radical position to take, and yet, Seth could apply for an apartment in Beacon and be concerned that he might be someone that, that he might have been rejected because he's he's a mm-hmm. black male, right? So, like, even with that, right. the level of effort and exhaustion that goes into I think that's where I think the COVID thing is it really is conducive to the conversation right now because mm-hmm. right now middle of the road white people right even though i, I hate that designation but let's just i mean <laughs> we can't we, we can't get away from it in this conversation middle of the right. road white people right. are now in the situation of having to negotiate and navigate every social encounter thinking about whether they should wear a mask, what they're signaling to other people by wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. That is precisly what black and brown bodies have had to deal with in exactly. the United States since the civil rights movement. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's like, how? what are you representing to people? Mm-hmm. How do you need mm-hmm. to put other people at ease or not put them at ease or fuck them? I'm not going to put them at ease. I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Like that, mm-hmm. like that mental, emotional, cognitive load yeah. has been, you know, loaded onto the mental software of everyone in the country mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and i think it is possibly responsible for the kind of empathy that you see right or one of the factors contributing to the kind of empathy you see amongst water cooler conversations um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. around race in the united states so and anyway, i, th- and, I, I think, and i think conversely at the same time I mean, i'm not disagreeing with you chavez but i think at the same time i think that's precisely the phenomenon you described is Part of the reason, part of the reason that people are so enraged and won't mm-hmm. wear their masks. They're basically mm-hmm. saying, no, fuck you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to consider you. I don't want mm-hmm. that extra mm-hmm. sensitization uh, in my software. Um, yeah. I don't uh, want uh-huh. to have to think about your health. I don't want mm-hmm. to have to worry about uh, yeah. uh, your well-being. Like, that's not on my list of things to do today. Mm-hmm. So 
fuck you. I'm going to mm-hmm. go where. And, and by the way, on that note, mm-hmm. I have seen a couple of videos in the last week of white women. And I, and I, I'm, I'm going to confess something here that's maybe, you know, not so palatable for some <laughs> of our listeners, but it gives me, it tickles me a bit when I see a white woman who verbally and physically assaults someone of color get smacked the hell up for doing that. And I've seen mm-hmm. a couple of these videos where white women who are like, this woman, Harriet, I think her name is, I just read about, I saw the video earlier in the week and I read about it today. Apparently she went up to this woman who is, she's Latina. I'm not sure. I want to say South American, but I'm not sure. But it's just something about like, go back to where you came from. And then actually physically put her hands on her and pushed her, right? Wow, like some, yeah. And, and, and what I love about the <laughs> interaction was, she did not hesitate. She, the first thing she did was, what, what? Bam. Right? Just, just, wow. just, just slapped, <laughs> just slapped the consciousness into this woman, right? And this woman, of course, if my son is listening, you should not laugh at violence. <laughs> it's not. Right, it's like, right. Right. She walked away. And I, know, and I know, and I know, like, we can, we can do the disclaimer and we can, and I can talk about, like, no, no, how. I'm glad you're not, actually, because it's just funny. Right. It's like, we know, we know that violence is not the, the answer. But sometimes violence is an answer, right? And sometimes violence actually well, gets us to a place that it wouldn't, where we would not have gotten. Because here's the thing, and someone uh, tweeted this out on, uh, someone I follow on uh, Twitter, Chad Loader, tweeted this out. A similar situation, different circumstances. But basically, his, his, his tweet was, some people behave, and I think he may have said white people, but he may not have, but some people behave as if they've never been slapped in the face. And here's the thing. Sometimes you do need to get slapped in the face just to be reminded of where the boundaries are. Like, mm. your well-being stops here, but my well-being is now tied to your well-being because we're in a pandemic, right? Mm. Ooh, yeah. So, yeah. In a way, we've been in a pandemic forever. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. I, I want to say something about th- that. Those examples I had didn't see either one of those or see the one with the, the white woman being slapped by the Latina. I always feel like, wow, I don't want that stuff to happen. Mm-hmm. And it it in it does something to me. It makes me feel sad mm-hmm. that someone has put their hands on somebody one mm-hmm. and felt like they had a right to, and that the other person, yeah. Don't touch me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to show you this. Like you said, it's sort of like a wake-up call. You know, it's the whole idea. Mm-hmm. Like, you've seen mm-hmm. Airplane, I think, 1977, where, no, 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 this woman's on the airplane, and it's a comedy, so she's they, everybody shakes her and slaps her, and they try to get her to be aware, you know, and stop right. being hysterical. Like, right. I can, I, I don't advocate violence mm. in any way, but then I find myself going, that's not really true, Stephen. You just don't want to cop to it on record, mm. you know, you don't want to cop to yeah. it, you know, but I don't yeah. find, I, I find some release and joy in what I consider to be a certain kind of justice when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. But then there's another part that feels a lot more sour around, God damn it. Can we do this better? Don't fucking touch mm. people. Leave me mm. the fuck alone. <laughs> mm. You know, Thank but what do you do? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, my f- probably, since you know you brought it up i think probably my feeling about it is something like that is a natural and logical consequence of treating another person that way 
Precisely. And that I like. And, okay. mm-hmm. and if that person was caught, they would have to suffer some consequence for it. I'm saying the person that actually assaulted, I mean, that's battery, right? I mean, well, you mean have, the first person who put her hands uh, the, on the, the person? Yeah, the Latina. That I mean, that's battery. That's assault and battery, right? But to, the woman to, like, touched some, her first, though, right? So, like... Oh, is that right? So, is that... Did I have... Do I flip? So, the white yeah. woman touched the Latina yeah, right. first. No, that's, that's, no, that's, that's so the only is, justification for me. Is that, right? Oh. right. She, it's not like she just told her to yeah. go back to her country. She told her, and then she put her hands on her and pushed her. Right. So, the, oh, yeah, yeah. So the oh. yeah. So the woman was the Latina woman was well within her rights to smack, oh, slap yeah. this other woman into next Tuesday. So yeah. I'm, I'm. That's why. That's why. That's why I'm saying what I'm mm-hmm, saying. Like mm-hmm. I yeah. don't. I actually. And I, this is something maybe we should talk about on another podcast. But I struggle with violence as an answer to mm. verbal uh, provocation. So, for example, if someone and I and I haven't. Have I seen this? Yeah, I have seen this. I've, I've seen those videos where a white man comes into a place and they get into an, alca- uh, uh, an, uh, an altercation with a mm. black man and blah, 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 and he ups the ante to blah, 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 nigger. Mm. And right. then, of mm-hmm. course, the, the black people in and around that situation lose their minds and they start beating mm. the, the snot out of this man. Mm. I have trouble with that because yeah. that's just verbal provocation. It is... I have to say, it is the one word that would probably, if it was said by a white person to me, might push you over. Might push me over. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I just. I, I have a hard time justifying it, though. So, but the thing is, it's what the word represents. It's yes. the all. It's absolutely. the whole history looking you in the face. Yes, I've, I've, you know, absolutely. In a way, no, and that right. trigger. So, like when yes. you say that, I was thinking about well. Seth couldn't be in a um a nonviolent demonstration. Clearly, he'd have to sit this one out because that's the whole idea. <laughs> the you know they yeah. train you not yes. to respond yes. to that kind of thing. Right. And over Physically. the years, people who have been done oral histories on him, you listen to them talk about the rage and the anger, but mm. the dedication to that moment because it was a larger thing they were trying to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that um, I would love to do a podcast around that because it can help me sort out some of my ideas about mm-hmm. violence. Because one last point is I went to the National Museum on African-American History and Culture and they have this really mm-hmm. wonderful um, interactive digital um, thing where they talk about civil disobedience, but also nonviolent demonstration. And so this is designed for kids. And so they mm-hmm. ask you a series mm-hmm. of questions. And so I did it. And I was like, well, one of the questions was to the effect of what would you do if dot 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 and someone poured ice cream over your head while you're sitting down and then i go you know i choose the one that i know that they don't want me to choose because i want to see what they're going to say mm-hmm. so i was like mm-hmm. get up and beat the hell out of them and then they go oh, no that's not what you do that's no, the incorrect Steven. thing <laughs> right and i was like so I, is this helpful i mean it's helpful in the right. sense that the context is we're teaching you about nonviolence. Right. that but it's it's very direct in the no. That's not the way right. to go. Right. And I was so, like, I don't know if that's good. Good. Yeah. yeah so that <laughs> it, you know. Mm. So obviously, Gandhi is one of the is one of the popularizers of non. Although Gandhi, I mean, go uh, America. It got that from Henry David Thoreau. Right? Okay. So okay. I mean, Gandhi borrowed that from Thoreau. Okay. Oh, okay. The idea of not the idea mm-hmm. uh, the idea of nonviolent civil disobedience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And and satyagraha is the the term for what what Gandhi called this this uh, rejection of violence. Mm-hmm. The the thing, the strategic aspect to it though is that the reason you result to that is because you can't you can't win. Right. Precisely. Right? You you can't you you mm. need to use nonviolent protest because you can't overcome. The the guns, the violence, the mm, the, mm, the dogs. So, so yeah, so yeah. you mm-hmm. you have to make an appeal to common humanity, right? And and so you permit the violence to be visited upon you. I mean, because like in those in those demonstrations in South India, I mean, mm-hmm. the stuff that was done mm-hmm. to those men and women and I, children, I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, like stepping. I mean, just think of like you are a police officer, and I mean, because these were Indian police officers serving the British Raj, right? Mm. So, and you are stepping on the chests of men and women as you like lunge forward to try and beat someone else over the head. Yeah, mm. like eventually that that wears you down, mm. and and so the nonviolence is the only way you can resist state monopolized state violence because mm. you don't have the tanks or the guns Precisely. to do mm. to reorganize society any other way mm. i mean it's an argument for it but but it it's it's one born out of desperation oh right? yeah because you don't, yeah absolutely anything else mm-hmm. right. and and here's the thing Stephen. i like what you said earlier about how cuz i've been struggling with this myself not necessarily landing on the point of clarity that you did. But what you said was, this movement is not the civil rights movement, is not the mm-hmm. black arts movement, it's not black power movement, it's something different. And I think you're right. And I think that's helpful to me in understanding this aspect of, of the current movement, mm-hmm. which we guess we could, I guess we could call Black Lives Matter movement, is that violence actually has helped get us to a place where... I mean, what, what, where, where NASCAR will not allow the Confederate flag to be flown in any of their races anymore. I mean, violence, here's the thing. What I mean, when I, I want to be clear about this. What I mean is that the violence that was done to properties, right? The, yeah, the looting, vandalism. The vandalism, the vandalism right. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Made it clearer to people who were not prepared to hear what lots of people, lots of activists, lots of sensitive people have been saying for the past Mm -hmm. 60 years, (laughs) right? right? Right. They were not prepared to hear that until they began to see people in the street marching peacefully and people looting and people tearing up property and people setting buses and and cars um, and police vehicles on fire. Mm -hmm. That violence actually did turn the wheel, right? Like it actually made a difference. So this, yeah. so there's a way in which this movement is mm-hmm. different from these other, from the movements that preceded them. And I think the strategic use of violence, I think, is important. Um, mm. And I, I haven't seen in my lifetime, in my lifetime in the United States, and I haven't spent my whole, spent my whole life here. You know, I immigrated from Jamaica. Mm. I lived some time in London. But my time in the United States, I've never seen so many dominoes fall so quickly. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I, I mean, literally within a week, Starbucks went from saying you can't wear anything that has anything to say about Black Lives Matter to right. we're going to make Our some t shirts. Right. Like, it's going to be Black Lives Matter. Right. I mean, that's all you're going to be able to wear. I mean, it's money. Yeah. That's significant. I mean, it's something, you know? It's not um, nothing. That's the word. I, it's something. That's I want to give. I want to give. I want to give Stephen the last word. The only tiny sure. tweak that I want to throw in is that I would say what we're seeing is is vandalism, which is a close cousin to violence, but not the same thing. And okay. that, and that the, oh, okay. and that the violence reminds us of the potential. I'm sure the vandalism reminds us of the potential for violence, and that scared the shit out of people. Mm. And and that. That that I but everything else I completely agree with. It did. I mean, it clearly precipitated a change, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's not because you know, like people were just holding up signs. That's definitely not what what accelerated mm-hmm. um, what's what's going on right now. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, I had one other point, but I can't remember it. So please, Stephen. Um, <laughs> wow, last word. Um, thank, yeah. thank you, white man, for the last word. No, just, <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't resist. I was like, I cannot, I cannot not say this because he will See? love this. It'll be so much fun. And, you can um, be a dick in any, no matter what. I can be a dick, a dick, a dick, a dick, dick, dick. So I, I think what I like about, um, I want to go back to something about social media and people getting information. Like, mm-hmm. I like the fact that you helped me to consider, but also remember to parse this stuff a little bit more in depth. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to end with mm-hmm. that. That I think mm-hmm. is really useful to all of us. But that I'm so happy that I'm seeing uh, white bodies put themselves on the line between black people. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys saw this video where there were police trying to get, grab this black guy. I think they were in a, a courtroom, but there were white people constantly putting themselves in between the cop and that mm-hmm. black male. I didn't mm-hmm. see that. That's, that's inspiring. That's yeah. very inspiring. And also yeah. it feels like, I like that. I like that feeling. I like it that people think that ha- have to know that our lives are all inextricably connected to one another and our goodwill mm. and our and and the moments, what's possible, the imaginative moments I think that this movement could have is mm. really, really heartening to me. So mm. I'll see you at the demonstration tomorrow at um at uh, what is it called? Brooklyn Museum. I'll be out there with the folks. Great. All right. Great. Amen. Great. Amen. Mm-hmm. Steven, Seth, thanks very much for the conversation. Thank you very much. Thank you. Guys. Thank you.